Hello, everybody. up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today, because today oh. we are continuing our episode discussions of HBO's biggest debut for a TV show of all time for you know for HBO. Mm. I am, of course, referring to the Game of Thrones spinoff show, House of the Dragon. Yeah. This is pretty quickly rose to being a cultural phenomenon <laughs> of its own, House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing to see how ready people were to embrace a new a new show in the world of Game of Thrones in Westeros here. And we're trying to embrace it ourselves by making back-to-back episodes on House of the Dragon. Back-to-back. I mean, we can't... Um... We can't keep doing this for eight more weeks, just only House of the Dragon (laughs) stuff, but you know what? We recorded that first episode, we put it out there, and you listened, so we're going to do it again for now, and we'll figure out how to work some more books back into the schedule. But for now, we are here with Season 1, Episode 2, The Rogue Prince. And Dylan, I think it's funny that you mentioned that... um, this whole hesitation of were we ready to love Game of Thrones, I guess we are, because I thought that same thing when they finally, at the beginning of this episode, went full Game of Thrones theme song in the opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, I, we were talking about this a little bit off air beforehand, and we were thinking they probably had that title sequence locked and loaded and they were just trying to feel it out to see <laughs> if people were really ready to go full nostalgia with Game of Thrones. And <laughs> when they saw those viewership numbers, A, they renewed House of the Dragon for a second season after only one episode. Right. And B, they were like, we're going full out minutes long <laughs> title sequence here. Yeah, I knew and last Charles, week I loved that it. they were so hesitant. And I was even tweeting about yeah. this. I'm like... It's like they weren't sure. They're like, this is what we want to do. We just want to blast the Game of Thrones theme song to you guys. But we're not sure. So we'll work it into motifs at the end of the episode to try and upset as few people as possible. And then, you know, 10 million viewers later, they're like, Game of Thrones, guys. It's like blasting it. Like this starts with that. And I'm like, okay, we're all ready. We're all back now. I could tell you could have easily I would get I would not be surprised if the like opening was abysmal and everyone hated the episode if they just axed the title crawl completely like we can't play that music don't play that music (laughs) they definitely had a plan B yeah I totally agree but it seems like plan A is working out well and Mm -hmm. I think that episode two worked out well also I'm excited for us to get into that but before we do I want to give my spoiler warning. We will be, yeah, we will be getting into 
House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 2, Oh, in a no-holds-barred conversation, which means we're not going to hold back on spoilers. So if you haven't yet watched that episode, then now's a good time to turn this down in your headphones, because we're going to... We're going to talk about everything, <laughs> all the big points here. Um, yeah. I'm excited, Charles. We haven't talked about this yet. I um, think you're fresh off watching the episode, right? Yes, I was traveling on Sunday night, and it's Monday night at the time we're recording this. So I had to, you know, traveled, went to work, watched the episode, recorded. It was, there's no break in between. So super happy to get into it. I'm fresh off the episode. Uh, the Rogue Prince, interesting title for the episode because, you know, the whole plot of this episode is around Damon's action to go rogue and steal the the dragon egg. But what's interesting beyond that is how the episode chooses to compare that to we have Renera as well, who I think is going a bit rogue as well. Mm, that she is. Mm-hmm. She... She starts the episode where she's still the cupbearer mm-hmm. after being named the heir to the Iron Throne. She's right. still at those small council meetings pouring people's wine. <laughs> and yeah, you can tell that despite this change in her title and all that, she's still not really being taken seriously at court. Apparently she's 15 uh, the actress does not look 15 at all, so that's that's taken a little bit of uh, suspension of disbelief for me. But yeah, she starts to really, as you said, Charles, go rogue and take some actions into her own hands. Right. I'm sure we'll get into those. The first of which is when she is Otto Hightower says that she should pick the like next Kingsguard guy. And yeah, kicked her out of the going... close council, basically. Yeah. A small council. Right. I'm doing a little uh, first law Game of Thrones crossover <laughs> here. It's the small council sure. in Westeros, not the closed council. That's uh, but true. Yeah. It's an interesting, like, it is that she has that outburst of, like, trying to be a part of the conversation. And everyone's like, one, you're 15. Two, you're a woman. Three, you leave, and they and they kick her out. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting about that is because, again, paralleling, paralleling her with uh, Damien, Damon, what's his name? I always forget. Damon. <laughs> Damon. These Targaryen Damon. names are so hard for me to remember. Damon. There's not even a Y in that one, Charles. You got to get. If there's no Y, you've got no excuse. Once the Ys get involved, I understand. I'm not seeing it spelled out. I don't know how many Ys are in it when it, then they just say the name. <laughs> Damon's like a real name, Charles. Like, there are real people named Damon out there. Yeah, but I don't know what his name was, Damon. It sounded too normal. It's like there's, you know, Damian, like a dragon kind of situation. Damaris. Yeah, Damaris. Damaris Targaryen. <laughs> Exactly, that could have been the next dragon. But uh, it, it's in a way trying to be... Um, that She's trying to prove herself and prove herself worthy, which Damon is also kind of trying to do. He's trying to be like, I'm, you know, I'm 
my own person I deserve power and respect to of the very different ages and power rankings and everything. But it's just interesting to see the episode kick off with Renera going through that and how she's... I kind of like that she's the cupbearer. It's a way to put her in the room and she can learn and she can see things without actually, like, having a seat, which even if she was, like, male and all this, she's still only 15, so doesn't matter it's just the way to keep her in the room and get her to learn how things are are run in court yeah that part makes sense and i think part of it too is it just looks weird with her clearly being in her 20s <laughs> like the actress clearly being in her 20s it was an actual 15 year old walking around with the uh, you know mm. pouring pouring glass of wine it's like okay that that makes more sense from the perspective of uh, it's this kid kind of learning the ways, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll give her that, that she is actually 15 and it does make sense, but it is still kind of demeaning for the person who is supposed to be the queen. Heir apparent. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, um, she, she holds her own and the episode ends with, well, not really egg, like her last moments is where she kind of commands that respect because she's kind of butting heads with uh, Otto Hightower this whole episode, starting with him kicking her out. And then in the last mm-hmm. scene where she's confronting Damon and he, Otto Hightower is like, what are you doing here? Like, we got this. We're going to fight him. It's, it'll be fine. And she's like, comes in total boss and resolves the conflict uh, uh, bloodshed-free, which is a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about when she flies in on her dragon, and that's immediately after Damon gives a reminder to Otto Hightower and his troops that he has a giant red dragon, which it it did feel like one of those moments where I was watching it where... It was uh, Otto shows up with these troops and they're all on a bridge and then the dragon comes out and I was just like, you know, Otto kind of forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, that the thing. old Benny like, Otto, Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't well, remember Otto that in of, the, after the episode of this. It's like, all right. <laughs> Otto kind of forgot that Damon had a giant red dragon that could have eviscerated his entire forces. <laughs> I mean, Otto's yeah. just so hungry to embarrass and and basically write off Damon that he was willing to charge in and thinking he could daddy up on Damon where Damon's like I've the only one here that's commanding this impressive army and and I've got this huge ass dragon like I'm still a Targaryen I know what I'm like you you don't stand a chance against me it took another Targaryen to come in to have that kind of power standoff that's that um what do they call it when uh, in like the cold war when you have two mutually assured destruction kind of thing of like we're not going to uh, fight each other we're not going to have two dragons fight each other right now it's crazy but the thing is her dragon is so much smaller it's apparently yes. a, a young dragon uh cyrax uh, or cyrax mm-hmm. and uh, one of those s-y-r-a-x and mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's a very young dragon, and you could tell when it was flying in. That was actually some awesome CGI moment where you mm-hmm. get to see her dragon size-wise compared to his dragon. And I agree. she is outmatched. She pretty mm-hmm. much wields the power of Damon's affection for her yes. as her biggest weapon. She walks right up to him 
and she's like, hey, you want to be there to the throne? Uh, there to the throne? You got to kill me. And she's exactly. standing right in front of him. He could do it, but she knows that her uncle loves her mm-hmm. and is unwilling to do that. We saw that in the first episode. There were these couple moments. We talked about that in last week's, uh, in our last week's podcast episode about Damon a couple times shows genuine affection for uh, Renera, And uh, it's something that, she knows and takes advantage of here. You got to give her props for that. And I don't think there was any other way that they were going to get that egg without bloodshed. I agree. She's also like, okay, it's one thing to fight off uh, an army. It's another thing to fight another Targaryen in like basically open rebellion of the crown. I mean, yes, you're the hand of the king and all that, and you're going to fight them and maybe kill them. But Targaryen on Targaryen violence, dragon on dragon violence, that's a whole nother level. And it makes Damon to me the most interesting character because and kudos to Matt Smith's performance as Damon. Yeah. Because I genuinely don't know where his values are aligned a lot of the time. And I don't think Damon knows where his values are aligned most of the time. And I think that's what makes him so interesting. Like he wants to be like the heir apparent he wants to be king someday but he also doesn't want to kill his uncle and doesn't want to kill his niece and it's it's just it's this weird relationship that he's in where there's just no right answers and and mm. he's also kind of sniveling and he kind of punks out at the end and just like throws the egg over his shoulder it's like come on I have a little more respect oh, than talk that about, I thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was such a good character moment, how he just, like, turns around and just, like, chucks the egg, no respect, behind his back. I was like, that's that just goes to show who he is so much. Yeah. And like you said, Matt Smith is... Matt Smith is killing it in that mm-hmm. role. He's capturing that weird balance between, like you said, that sniveling side of him arrogant side of him but also the charisma that he shows i mean you remember in the previous episode where he's giving that speech to the uh, to uh, the yellow jackets the and yes. um or sorry the gold the gold the gold, gold cloaks yes, gold uh, cloaks. yellow yes. jackets are yellow these jackets, yeah. um to the to the gold cloaks and he's like getting them all like rah rah and you know, then there's that weird scene of them just murdering people. Like, <laughs> it's like, are these criminals? <laughs> anyway. Are they not criminals? <laughs> it's just like, like what yeah. is happening? <laughs> right. But the way he gives that speech, the gold cloaks, you see his charisma. And then you get to see this kind of, like, this little brother sniveling side of him around this moment and sometimes yeah. when he's around Viserys and Otto so he's he's doing such a good job Matt Smith yeah. and it's an because he doesn't quite fit one particular mold of a trope for example like there's a lot of tropes he's like adjacent to but he never fully commits to any of them he's like you know the super confident handsome evil guy or he's the like sneaky backstabbing guy or he's the loving family guy or he's the betrayer uncle guy he's kind of all of those things and none of those things so it's an interesting mix he's definitely the character that i'm like enjoying kind of unpacking and wanting to see more of because i genuinely don't know what he's going to be up to from one moment to the next and he seems like he's just marrying this other person 
purely for love you get like you don't understand that too much at this point there's not enough information but um yeah his his loyalties are all over the place and uh, it's fascinating yeah the way you're talking about the complexity of his character makes me think he's almost got these pieces that you could grab from all these past Game of Thrones characters and then you mix them all up like it's an amalgamation that's different from any of them, right? He's like three parts Jamie, two parts like Euron Greyjoy, one part Littlefinger, right? All these different things are put together. You can see all of those people in him, but with that mix, he's none of them in total and he's his own unique character. Right. And it's definitely you I don't like know how it's talk- like is he oh go ahead I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you uh, well yeah you said you were liking about saying, something I was saying <laughs> yes I was liking something about what you were saying which please go on uh, was this idea of uh, like you don't really know where he stands he's not exactly sure where he stands or what he's doing mm-hmm. and it's actually such a difficult balance to strike with character writing to have a character where you don't really quite get his deal. But it feels like that is actually part of what makes the character interesting and true rather than like, oh, this character just goes around doing whatever the plot needs him to do. Like it never feels like contrived when he's making these decisions. It just feels like, oh, we're getting to know this guy better. And he's super complex with all of these divided parts of himself that... Uh, are are tugging him in different directions. So I agree yeah, completely. Props. You see a character like Princess mm-hmm. Rhaenyra, who's like you know, girl boss, uh, trying to become powerful, do the right thing, and and pro total protagonist character. And yeah. you got that. You have King Viserys. He's a kind, decent guy. He's weighing the responsibility of the crown. The crown weighs heavy on his head. You know, you know that story. You don't necessarily know what Damon wants. Like, yeah, he wants power, but you you don't buy that he actually really wants to grab the throne. There a lot of this episode, his actions in this, and even like in the afterwards, the showrunners were kind of getting into this about how the driving force of that action to take the uh, egg was to just be provocative and get the attention of his family so part of me wonders like is this someone who just wants to be brought back into the inner circle of his family or is this someone who's doing an elaborate plot to like i'm gonna lure the king out and kill him with my dragon you know like i don't think it's that at all but i don't and i think what makes uh, damon so good is that he doesn't know right it's too complicated he and he's too like immature to have figured it out yet and we don't know as viewers mm-hmm. what he's planning to do the show's making us feel like he's he's like this scar in the lion king kind of character this uncle who's like <laughs> i'll kill mufasa and then it's i'm coming after you simba there, yeah exactly, sense. <laughs> exactly. Right? but the he's not quite scar. Uncle, right? yeah exactly but he's yeah. not he's, it's not that quite that shakespearean role there's a bit more family drama baked in it's not so shakespearean as lion king mm. <laughs> Yeah, although I will say that Mufasa was a stronger leader than uh, Viserys seems to be. Oh, for sure, <laughs> but at least Viserys continuing... seems like a nice guy. He does, yeah. And it, I do respect it. Props to him for taking a stand about, like, I'm not going to marry this 12-year-old. Yeah, and everyone's there's, like, don't worry, she'll get older. Here. It's like, 
that doesn't count. That doesn't matter. No, <laughs> there is there is never an excuse to go around marrying twelve year olds. And Viserys puts uh, a line in the sand. So props to him for that. Mm-hmm. But I do think he handled the decision of who he was gonna marry extremely poorly like Mm -hmm. such bad leadership the way he goes about this right he pretty much makes it seem like he's about to go through with this other marriage um he's got his it's the the master of ships right who's the the sea snake uh lord corliss valerian yeah valerian Um, yeah yeah, I'm just trying to make sure if he's actually the master of ships or what his he role is. is. On that. But he's he got to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so Corliss is trying to maneuver that his 12-year-old daughter is going to marry Viserys. And they're kind of going through this courting process, which looks a lot more like babysitting. We're just going for <laughs> a walk. And mm-hmm. then uh, he makes it seem like he's going to go that way. He asks a million people what he should do because it seems to be Viserys's way of ruling is just being indecisive and asking everyone and <laughs> then just like making this weird decision at the end. Right, right. And uh, yeah, the way he goes about it, obviously he's been having these visits uh, in his chambers with Lady Allison Hightower mm-hmm. and... You can tell he's kind of falling for her or whatever. But he just has this, like, big reveal moment in front of the whole small council where he's like, it's like everyone who doesn't want this to happen is there hearing it all at once. Like, he doesn't do (laughs) any, like, approaching people behind the scenes and being like, hey, by the way, I'm going to go about this. Oh, Otto was pumped. (laughs) But other than Otto, everyone else was like, oh, no. And he just, he embarrassed Corliss. Yes. He pissed off his daughter. Like, that was, he just had this big heart-to-heart with Renera. And there was that weird conversation, too, where Viserys is with Allison, and he's like, don't tell her about any of this. Like, don't tell my daughter this. She can't right. handle it. She won't understand. She's too sensitive. Right. <laughs> You're like, Ugh. yeah. But she can. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely terrible to give her any warning before you decide you're going to marry her best friend. And right. That is. Yeah. He's got no social deft. Right. No. He's uh, this nice, well-meaning person. But the way he goes about things, he's just politically doesn't have that ability to maneuver in the way that we've seen all these incredible uh, political maneuvers. And at least in the past in Game of Thrones, you think of Tyrion, Littlefinger, etc. Right. He just doesn't have any of that. And it's just constant blunder after blunder, it feels like. He basically made an enemy, kind of, of Damon in episode one. Now he's made a definite enemy of uh corliss valerian the sea snake he definitely made an enemy of him and it's like for what he made an enemy of damon because he made a comment about his deceased his late son that he didn't like and then it's like you just have to marry allison uh, the the Tyrions and little fingers of the world like 
you don't like what do you gain from marrying her you gain literally nothing except maybe being able to like procreate but you could do that with anybody it's like you like her but you're like the hand of the king is already like there i don't feel like there's enough there to be like that's his closest ally probably is otto hightower i would imagine yeah so, but it's like yeah what i'm trying to i'm agreeing with you i'm saying he's that you don't the, gain I, anything by right. being like oh let me marry the person where i already have this family on my it's like, side i like otto and then this woman's been really nice to me and it's, I, I love her <laughs> so like those aren't those two things great and it's like but you're not thinking of like the whole point a king gets married is to make an allegiance why make an allegiance when you already have as about as strong of a bond as you can with this family yeah with, and you don't even have to marry anybody you know so that part to me which i don't think viserys really thinks cares about obviously he asked everyone's opinion and they all told him the other thing and he chose to ignore it which i guess like kudos i i don't think he's wrong necessarily but it, it, yeah like you said dylan there's more sensitive depth uh ways to do that than to make an like he immediately corliss immediately the next scene is like damon you <laughs> yes. and i are have been like this the whole time what do you say <laughs> it's like dude you were just trying to marry get married to viserys like two seconds ago and now you're all buddy buddy with damon like you and me were a lot of like uh make our partnership just makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> so is right. Like, yeah, I, did, <laughs> I did love Damon in that scene because Damon saw right through Corliss's <laughs> bullcrap. There, he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, it keeps telling him he's like, kind of keeping him in check. He's like, I, I do want you on my side, but I'm not gonna pretend we've been buddy buddy this whole time. I don't play right, this stupid right. game, so. And he likes that someone's paying attention to him and treating him like a player in this game, you know? I I think there's a part of him that enjoyed that, but he's not dumb enough to let that affect his uh, behavior, decision. He didn't let him get away with any of it. He was like, you're talking about my brother here. It's like, you don't get to say that, you know? There's there's some good moments there. I did like that moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, we're not equals. I'm of this family and you're not. Like, I'm royalty and you're not, like... Right. Let's make that clear. And it's not like Damon was like, I'm in, and they shook hands at the end of the scene. You know, it's like, it's, you don't know where that's going to quite go just yet. But the fact that Corliss is willing to do that is is bold. And um, his wife, uh, Rhaenys Targaryen, she's had some interesting moments in, in, in this episode as well. Yeah, I think it's definitely important for us to talk about the scene where Rhaenys and Rhaenyra talk to each other. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the most important ones that happened in this episode. It's it's an interesting one. I think I wasn't expecting Rhaenys to be so, I, I guess, encouraging of the patriarchy for lack of a better way to phrase it like she is there's a part of her that definitely is still pissed that she didn't get named the the queen but she also is kind of like like this is just how it works and they're not gonna ever take you seriously Renera. so they're just gonna move on from you your placeholder and she so she has that like 
men would rather see the yeah. like kingdom. You maybe have the quote, Charles. Yeah. Like I have a. I was typing as fast as I could while they were saying it, so it's not a direct quote, but the hard truth: men would sooner put a torch to the realm than see a woman on the iron throne, something like that. I feel like you got it. I feel it, like that, that was pretty it much was, it. But, um, yeah. So can I and, say before yeah, we ahead, get into ahead, that like uh, actual stuff with that mm-hmm. that I couldn't help myself. You know there that how there's that meme that's like men would rather X than go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> you know that meme. <laughs> right. Exactly. So when she started, it was like I couldn't help but fill it in in my head. So it was like uh, men would rather burn the what, what was a torch it to the again? realm. But torch the realm, then go to therapy. <laughs> so actually, it's though, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of true, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's basically Damon's whole character this... arc right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> so a little therapy would probably uh, put that guy right. <laughs> they need family therapy. That's what they need. Just yeah, because there's so many scenes of them like trying dynamics. to communicate, whether they're at dinner or in a courtroom or speaking to each other in a garden walk and they're just they're kind of having these moments every once in a while i'm like oh i'm glad you said that you were struggling dad because i've been struggling too but nothing ever really there's no breakthrough moment like there's a couple of these nice communication moments but there's no breakthroughs and i think the issue that you're touching on is like you know we have uh viserys who's not fully in tune with any people really <laughs> like he, does, he doesn't fully <laughs> understand his relationship with people at all and then you have um Rhaenyra and Damon trying to get his attention and connect with him and connect with each other too and it's just all this communication breakdown and ther- family therapy would be pretty good for them for sure and I'll also say that Rhaenys right at the end she's like and your father is no fool and I was like eh yeah. I don't know. I kind of think he is a fool. <laughs> like he's a little foolish, but he surprises me. You know, I I, I think he's um, kind of soft, but I don't think he uh, is necessarily a slouch. But that that I gotta be honest. That scene with uh, Rhaenys Targaryen, like that was one of the more deliberate bash. You know, like hammer home the theme as clearly as possible by straight up saying it like you you live in a patriarchal society no one cares but i I don't know to me that's it comes a little short and i do like that there's this much like well they didn't not vote for women ever they just didn't vote for you 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 kind of (laughs) suck you're a bit of an ice queen kind of so and then uh, but then you have uh um just totally uh taking control it's like this is a, a family where Viserys, in a controversial, apparently controversial, no one's complained about it or said anything. But I think it's going to be this slow burn thing. Obviously, it's leading to something. But we have in two episodes we haven't seen it. We've been told over and over again it's this is patriarchal. No one will agree to a woman on the Iron Throne. And then you have uh, Rhaenyra being like, they all bend the knee to me. Like my dad made me the heir apparent. I am the heir apparent. Like. I can ride dragons. Like I think I've I think I've got this. So, like, it, it, I don't know. For me, it's like I'm 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 trying to see more of the struggle, but there there hasn't really been that clash yet, really, except for maybe Otto Hightower, like being dismissive of her and her dad being dismissive of her. 
uh, subconsciously, uh, but there hasn't been a real issue. She's been able to just get on the dragon and ride, and she's, you know, got good ideas, and she's made Kristen Cole, uh, um, uh, Kingsguard, and all that stuff. So she's she's doing great. It's it's just that uh, for some reason she can't get uh, what's her face on board, uh, Rainus on board. Rainus. Like you think Rainus would want to support her in some way but i think they want to be in charge she's jealous yeah. yeah for sure yeah i think she's just jealous as she sees this like younger woman who's gonna get all the things that Rainus wanted yeah she was and so close a, to getting so close yeah right and it's a uh, telling about her character that she's gotten more of the way of I'm envious of you, so I'm going to put you down and this will never work rather yeah. than like, hey, this is what I want and I see some of myself in you and I'm going to help mentor you because that easily could have been the way. Yeah, because it's like you're my niece, gone. you know, like we're family. Yeah. Like there's a lot we could benefit from working together, you know, a lot we could do for women. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, but the she's kind of more out out the, for herself it seems like yeah the crown is just too tempting and the, the iron throne is too tempting that it is that's uh that's definitely <laughs> been a big theme of <laughs> game of thrones and house of the dragon it seems like people definitely tend to want to get on that iron throne <laughs> yes yes one of the things that's been kind of subtly sprinkled throughout these two episodes but never really addressed is King Viserys's illness. At first, hmm. in episode one, it looked like it could have been grayscale. I was like, "Is that a grayscale mark oh, on his back?" I didn't even think about that. And and but then you know, in this one, it's on his finger, and his finger's like decaying. I'm not sure what's going on there, but he's slowly decaying, and there's only a few people around him that know uh, the Grand Maester. And then um, Otto Hightower are basically the only two people. And they're like bathing his hand in maggots to try and get the dead flesh off. I'm like, I'm like is this grayscale or He's is this something else? How is this going to pay off? These maesters do not know what they're doing. No. I'm going to put it out there. No. <laughs> this is not really a good team that he's assembled for his no. maesters. They look like the like Jets, the New York Jets medical team. Like, <laughs> it's like Mackay Becton out there for my football fans. I, just not coming back this season because what can you do when you've got a staff like that? That's the maesters over here. I feel like... Say what you want about Maester Pycelle, but he, I think he, he ran a better ship over. He had 200 years of, of medical advancements. Um, <laughs> and that's the kind of one of the funny things to me. It's like you couldn't, like, if you go 200 years in the future of any society, a lot would change, but nothing, almost nothing oh, changed yeah. in Game of in Westeros. Like, hardly anything. Uh, if anything, it that's got a worse. That's big thing. Yeah, Westeros is just in this medieval stasis. Uh, <laughs> and that's, so it's, probably been like that for a thousand years not even just 200 it's just right. kind of where it stays and i think that's kind of a trope with some of these fantasy stories is that no matter how far you go back or forward the it's just same kinda technology this medieval world i mean look at lord of the rings like mm. things just kind of chill at for that. Whole age. It's, it's kind of a more magical <laughs> right, world right. but they just don't really make technological advances and maybe I'm going to get some crap from like big 
Tolkien fans for that one. Actually, the dwarves <laughs> made great advances. I was like, okay, but let's be real here. And it's not supposed to change. But at least in, in this case in Westeros, they, they didn't do any big renovations. Or, at least it looks like. But it, I think the one thing that does feel 200 years behind is medicine. No one was bathing in maggots in Game of Thrones. That's for sure. At least right. you had um, Samwell uh, trying to use the scientific method to cure people of uncurable, air quote, uncurable diseases and things like that. So... Um, it's just fast. It's just funny to see. And I don't know where this is going. What the cause is. What we need to be looking out for. It just keeps happening with with the king. These these weird sicknesses. I mean, that clock is ticking, right? This right. guy has to be moving toward. Um, if he doesn't die of something else, this guy, he's, it's gotta eventually take him down. And right. I think it's kind of this um, ticking time bomb where he has to. <clears throat> he's gotta get a male heir. Get his secession in order, yeah. Do. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. He's been saying to uh, Renera that he just wants to secure the family line, and that's why he's trying to have more children. I mean, but if you're Renera, that, that hurts. BS to me. Yeah, I mean, it reads as BS to me because I think that you have to agree with Rainus on one thing, which is. If he does have a male child at some point, it's hard to imagine that that child does not end up skipping ahead of Renera oh. in the order of succession, no matter what Renera has been named at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I, I think Renera kind of is realized that it's like, why else would you want to have more kids if not to secure your secession? So you have me, the secession is technically secured, so I don't know why you're trying to continue that you know yeah well i think you still want to have more kids as a king and Mm -hmm. i do think there is a like security that comes i mean think of people die (laughs) in game of right yeah i think they just try to have as many as possible usually in that position Mm -hmm. and that being said it still reads as bs that he's like oh yeah we're just kind of you know getting some safety net going here it's like dude you want a son you want a son your whole life and you're definitely trying to have one and probably you gotta know that that kid's gonna jump over like leapfrog Renera just because those are the norms of this society and that's what people expect exactly but i don't know the way this timeline is playing out like let's say he has a kid and then immediately dies and then there's a male baby and her it's like what happens like does she reign until this kid is 18 like you know the the there's a lot of implications still brewing that we're early enough in the season that we don't know where it's going to go but the idea of making the king sick but not too sick just mysteriously a little sick (laughs) so that we can you know ramp it up or scale it back as we need to um keeping us on our toes kind of is interesting something we can't forget because i've forgotten it a couple like while i'm watching you forget because it's such a quick little scene but it's been persistent over both episodes yeah it's definitely going to play a role in some Mm -hmm. way and we have to keep in mind too that 
if he does have a male child or any child at this point, assuming all this marriage stuff goes through, that child is going to be Otto Hightower's child or Otto Hightower's uh, grandchild. So or you grand, have to think that the not grandchild what? is grand. Grandchild. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. His daughter's yeah, 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 child. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Correct. Not, anyway, that's going to be his grandchild. Mm-hmm. And you know he's going to do everything in his power. And he's super ambitious to make sure that that kid ends up on the Iron Throne, his bloodline, and not Renera. So keep all that in mind. I think that's the thing. The child, <clears throat> we know there's going to be a time skip. At mm-hmm. some point. I mean, I, this isn't a secret because we know that there's two people cast in, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of these roles, right? Mm-hmm. There's two Renera's and there's two Lady Allison's. Right, and cast. between episode one and so, two, we already skipped six months, so who knows where we're right. going to go from here. Right. So, we... We could go a lot of ways there, but there's a lot of time for that kid to get born and... Mm-hmm. For Otto Hightower, it's still going to be a child at the at the oldest still. This time skip, we can tell, is going to only be probably tops like a decade based on the uh, different uh, actors being cast. Right. And uh, that means that it'd probably be one of those Otto would try to be uh, warden, I think mm-hmm. is what they called it. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, when yeah, someone's yeah. sitting in for yeah. the ruling until they king comes of age right so you have to think he'd be gunning for something like that like, he'd be i've been ruling the, the kingdom for he'd a long be... time you're just a 15 year old girl yeah. or 25 year old girl at this point like woman but he he wouldn't care and um yeah that's a true that's an interesting interesting move well, i think he'd people. just try to get the kid named heir to the throne and then he would say hey i'm the hand of the king this is my grandchild uh, who isn't going to be the king until they come of age. But then you also have the, the interesting relationship, this will-they-won't-they they between Rhaenyra and Alicent, right? Because that is interesting. the show keeps playing like maybe their their relationship is more than just a friendship. It at least wants you to think that, lingering handshakes and stuff like that, but nothing definitive. But I kept thinking, like, do they even want me to think that they're in love? Like, I, like I'm... Every time I see them together, there is that bit of chemistry in their performances. I agree. Yeah, I was trying to think. I really would believe it goes any way between they both have some feelings for each other or either one of them has feelings for the other one that are not reciprocated. Right. I would believe any of that. Right. It just depends. They've set it up where it is like you're saying, Charles. It's kind of just this subtext. It just feels like there's a little something more in that first episode, just the way that when she was like lying down, like Renera was like lying down with her head on uh, Allison's, Allison's lap, lap or something. And they're like talking that. about there's nowhere I'd like, rather be in all the kingdoms and this and that. And, right. Um, and it's like Charles, you know, we're we're good friends, but we uh, we don't really. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're we don't really say like, things like that. We don't really uh, do anything to, at the level that they're doing. So right. I think that it's uh, it feels like a little bit more between Renera and Allison. 
but right. maybe they're just super close. It, you just maybe it's fa- it's certainly possible. Nothing definitive, but I, you know, Allison, she's going through not really self harm, but she's like picking at her her hands and her fingernails, and um, you can tell that she is very kind towards King Viserys and very um, like thoughtful getting him nice gifts and all of this stuff and genuinely wanting to console him but you don't get any intimacy between them at all and you wonder if this like if this is a kind of maybe front that she puts on like i wouldn't be too surprised if that was kind of the case for her but again it's all speculation at this point well yeah the viserys stuff you know she's not feeling it on a romantic level like that she has that moment with her dad and you can tell he's coercing her he's like oh are you gonna go up to his place tonight and she's like uh if something along the lines of if you insist yeah and and she's also like 14 and he's old so it's weird anyway it's hard to remember that too because (laughs) again the actress looks like she's probably like 22 and right 22 playing someone younger but it still doesn't register as 14 like that young so right and it's there's just something different like when you had that actress who was playing the 12 year old walking around with Viserys it's like oh my god this is not right like the high prepubescent voice and all of that and so much smaller yeah and that's apparently two years difference like Come on. Oh yeah, that's actually <laughs> Is she fourteen? She's not fifteen. Um I've like read conflicting things. I mean it's a six month time skip, so but you could say fifteen she, to be generous. Say she's like three years now. Difference. Yeah, it's and it possible, just doesn't but... it just doesn't look like that. It looks like two adults. It looks like Dane Cook and his new fiance, which <laughs> <Hey-o>. has <laughs> been mean, in that that's, uh... <laughs> that's do you, have you been following that at all? <laughs> I have yeah, right. yeah. If you Google do the math, that. it's troubling. <laughs> it's very troubling. So, I mean, it. Yeah, Dane Cook's like fifty, and his fiance is like twenty-three or something like that. But, but they've, it's, it, they've it been does, dating for X amount of years. When you go back to okay, like, she was under eighteen uh, when they were. I think she was eighteen. I think she was eighteen. But yeah, still, but they were introduced before that, and then they started dating at eighteen. Wow! <laughs> but anyway, who's yeah, us to speculate it's gross, on that? It's creepy. Anti Dan Cook on this podcast. <laughs> Google it. Um, but that's what. Okay, more like now with where Dane Cook and his so Dane Cook is King Viserys, like and the fiance yes. is Allison, kind of thing. <laughs> Yes, that's how it feels. Where right. you see a picture of them together and you're like, uh, like this really should not be, but it's not like it's you're looking at a child love, and you know? uh, yeah, it looks like two consenting adults. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because the age difference between the two actors, like the, um, oh God, it's Patty something, Patty Considine. Oh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. On the, on the spot. For the actor, yeah, uh, it's I, I've got Patty Considine, Considine, and no. then the actress oh, yeah. who's playing Young Emily House in High Towers, Emily Carey. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining. I mean, I could probably find out pretty quick. Oh, Emily Carey is apparently 19. Uh, she looked like early 20s mm-hmm. to me, and then um, Patty is 48. So actually, that 
that age difference is probably very similar to the Dane Cook to his fiance. <laughs> yeah, we were difference. we were pretty much uh, spot on with that right. gap. It's still an obvious yeah. age gap. It's like, the, why would these two it's ever gross. be together? Yeah, <laughs> right. But, but also, it's like it does look like two consenting adults who kind of like, you know what? And you get weird guess, royalty dude. in the mix in medieval ages. You're like, sure. okay, like I mean, this yeah. is whatever. Uh, but yeah, the but there's a big scene. difference between that. And then, literally, that is a 12-year-old child walking yeah, Lena, around. With, Lena and Viserys. Yeah. They do so, mention Aegon the Conqueror in that like little garden walk between Viserys and Lena. Just shout out. And I actually had to... Because they were talking about, oh, you rode the black the black dragon. Uh, I, I had to Google it. Balerion uh, the Black Dread. This is a, just a quick little aside. Apparently... Um, uh, apparently, Viserys successfully mounted Balerion uh, at 16. So that's Whoa. kind of around the age where uh, Rhaenyra is right now. Um, did I say that again? I said that name right, right? Rhaenyra? Yeah, well, that Rhaenyra, yeah, Rhaenyra is now. Yeah. So you can kind of see that there's some potential connection there of, like, riding a dragon. But what's interesting is Viserys, like, yeah, I rode this legendary dragon of Aegon the Conquerors, and it was whatever, uh, you know. I was like, this is not for me. I'm going to just walk away from that. It's interesting, of all of the Targaryens, he has no dragons. It's like, skip the generation, but uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It was just an interesting little aside that I had to Google, because I'm like, they just threw that out there. I'm supposed to know that, what they're talking about? I didn't read uh, Fire and Blood. So oh, well, to... Balerion the Dread is like a big figure in the Song of Ice and right. Fire history. Like, yeah, and Aegon sure it's mentioned. Conqueror, yeah. Yeah, because they got the conqueror. Then mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know. I guess the dragons live really long because right. it's been a long time still since Aegon the Conqueror. I think over a century. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I used to be so into this. I would have like known, <laughs> known all of that everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, been a few like, years <laughs> since we've really uh, since we've been um, Westeros aficionados, but. We're coming back, right. people. The Game of Thrones theme song is pumping in our veins and in the show. Unaltered, unedited. Just They're like, mm. use the same theme song again. Crank, keep it cranking. So well, that's supposed to be a segue where then I'm like, and you know what else we should get pumping? I mean, but it I could be. Do we need to say anything else ended. about this show? We were talking about the weird age gap and the potential for these different relationships, which... Before that, we were talking about this like almost love tri- potential love triangle between Renera, Alicent, and uh, the Rhaenyra's. king. Yeah, Renera, Alicent. You never want to be in a love triangle with your own father in the mix. You know, I mean, you don't want to just... be in a love triangle with your daughter and her friend, her age appropriate friend. <laughs> like, you just don't want to find yourself in that position. <laughs> Not ideal. Yeah. I will say, and I'm really thinking about if Allison is 14, this like, I'm a noble man. I won't marry a 12 year old. I'll marry a 14 year old. (laughs) It really is not as, I guess. Well, he never really speaks out about the age. It's like, she's kind of young, but it never was like, I'm not doing this because she's too young. He says, no, he says she's 12. At one point, like yeah, someone's trying. But to I think the real reason goes, is because 12. he genuinely loves, or at least likes, Alicent. 
you know, because he was yeah. like, oh, I loved your mom. Like, I, I think he's a romantic at heart. And um, maybe he recognizes um, that it's not the best match, but he's following his heart kind of a thing. Well, we know how well that went for Rob Stark. So following oh, your yeah. heart, definitely a great idea in Westeros. Yeah, in, among, in politics. Uh, and among royalty. kings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was so funny when it's like, oh, and Damon invites you to his wedding. I'm like, don't go. Don't go to any <laughs> yeah, weddings. Yes. You can't have any wedding. weddings on these shows. <laughs> it's not allowed. So. <laughs> I mean, someone's yeah. got to get married soon, right? It's like, what are these? Holy smokes. <laughs> Things are coming. I mean, that, I assume that Allison Viserys' wedding will be the first one up. I don't know if they're going to show the Damon wedding. Right. right if that even happens like that is a new character that's kind of interesting um the like fiance the second wife of of, of damon uh, but we don't yeah. know anything about her really other than they didn't communicate beforehand about the narrative of having a baby which is not the greatest foundation for a relationship but we'll see how that goes it kind of speaks more to damon's emotional immaturity than anything else which we love for him, you know, get therapy, Damon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag get therapy, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing we didn't or it should talk be like, about. get Damon therapy. <laughs> yeah, get Damon. <laughs> like, someone get this man therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah just the whole Targaryen get sit Damon down therapy. intervention. <laughs> yeah. But or hashtag Targaryen family therapy. Yes. That, that would is be what something. they need. Exactly. The only other thing we didn't speak about in this episode is the crab feeder and all that. Like, we kind of mentioned a little bit about um, the uh, sea snake being upset about the stone steps and his his fleets getting crushed and all of that. And But there is this question mark around the crab feeder. They show the kind of, kind of creepy looking... Guys. I like that mask. Yeah, he's cool looking. I I, I, I want to see more crab feeder. It kind of gives me like early Greyjoy vibes, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I feel like this episode was mostly a setup episode. Yeah, and it was. I was again captivated, like I said about the first episode. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying the whole thing and entertained, but then by the end of it, I was like, okay. Not that much happened, right? A a dragon egg was stolen and returned. <laughs> right, a, right. Right. A, we've got an engagement, but most of the episode was about him being like, oh, should I get engaged this person? No. Right. I you guess I'll get engaged to that and person. Damon maybe forming an alliance. Um, yeah. So it's really setting the stage for these events that are clearly going to happen soon and i feel like it's time for a battle charles i'm ready for a battle i think yeah. in the next episode we, and i, I feel to... pretty good that we're going to get one because... yeah they gave us a little bit of uh, intense violence uh, teasing the crab feeder but i'm ready for some proper some proper battle here yeah i agree but well, eagerly looking forward the... to episode three I am too. I think that it's going to be a big episode. And that's why, you you know, 
you need these episodes. Otherwise, you get things like the end of the original Game of Thrones, mm. where it's just like stuff just keeps happening episode after episode. Like, it's like you get whiplash, and then you're like, oh my god, Like, how are they even... <laughs> you know, how are they even at this place right now? Oh my god, that character just changed so quickly. And you don't want that. You'd much rather the slow burn of the that we're getting in House of the Dragon. Well burn said just, that slow burn is very it? important. That character yeah, development is very important. That um, po- the political machinations, very important. And we need these moments to let characters breathe and, and talk to each other and, and yes. see, learn more about them before we just get thrown into the into the chaos. Because otherwise, you know, I'm trying to think of a random person in the show that would become king all of a sudden in the next episode. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't want to have the way Game of Thrones ended, you know, or it's just like, and this person's king now because their story's super cool. They had the best story. <laughs> it's like, no, they actually did not have the best story. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> now they're just kind of king. I'm trying to think. Kristen Cole. Yeah, I was thinking Kristen about Cole Kristen Cole, had, maybe. He's got uh, a great story. Rags to Riches tale. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, until then, I think we may... It it pains me to not have a timely release of every Game of Thrones... Of Game of Thrones. See, I'm already doing it. Uh, House of the Dragon episode. (laughs) 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 But, um, you know what? We we have so many books we have to talk about coming up uh, that we're excited to share. I just finished one that I'm very excited to talk about in the next coming weeks so we'll be back with more house of the dragon stuff soon don't you fret uh but uh, i think in the immediate future we're going to crank some book discussions out along the way mm-hmm. you're gonna have to crank those book discussions out but we're also gonna have to crank up that sweet sweet outro music right now charles oh, because we are nice. fast approaching that hour and I think we, we've said what needs to be said. And don't worry, we'll be bringing you more House of the Dragon oh, yeah. content. It just might be covering a couple episodes at once or something like that. So mm-hmm. Don't fret, as Charles says. But in the meantime, let's get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping, Charles. Well said, Dylan. Let's get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping. All right, everybody, that was yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Thank you all for sitting with us and listening to us talk about House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff on HBO. If you like what you heard today and you want to support the show, maybe interact with us a little bit, share some fire house the dragon memes or something maybe let's go ahead and have that discourse over on social media we have instagram at the ftf podcast and twitter with at the ftf podcast with a number one on the end don't forget that one when you're on twitter now dylan if someone's listening to the show and they and they want to support us and they already follow us on social media and they want to do a little bit more what can they do 
toss five stars to our podcast. And mm. you can do that on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify now or these both. days. So we're really pushing for those Spotify ratings because I just added that relatively recently. And most of you are listening on Spotify. It's mm. right there up at the top of the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast feed with all those episodes below it. All you got to do is click that click five of those stars and you're helping us out so much if you do that but just listening is more than enough thank well you so much said, for doing that. dylan just listening so appreciative so thankful thank you all for listening we greatly appreciate it and as always go forth and conquer friends